Audioversity, the voice of Reichman University. Film fanatics. Film fanatics. From the silver screen to your earphones. With Alan Azulay and Gal Balaban. Welcome back to Film Fanatics, where we talk about the movies that have us obsessed, excited, and inspired. I am Alan. And I'm Gal, and this is our second episode dedicated to the great Tom Cruise, where we'll be talking all about Mission Impossible. Great. We have a special guest here, uh, Luke from Luke Reviews. Luke, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Very happy to be invited to this cruise extravaganza, a cruise-a-palooza, if you will. Uh, I'm ready to have quite the discussion about one of our favorite actors, I'm sure. Yes, we don't talk about him in real life, but uh, yes, definitely one of, my, one of our favorite actors. Uh, okay, are you guys ready for some um, some impossible missions? There we go. So let's start uh, the discussion with uh, Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible came out in 1996. It was directed by Brian De Palma and written by Bruce Geller. And it starred Tom Cruise and John Boyd. And it was based on a very popular, at the time, TV show. And now nobody has any idea that that was the case. Because everyone just knows it from the Tom Cruise movies. Luke, tell us a little bit about the first Mission Impossible. When did you watch it for the first time? Do you remember? Yeah, so, so I watched them all and lead up to Fallout. Because I'd, I'd never seen a single one. I just kind of knew of their existence. Uh, and when I watched this one, like, the one thing I knew, the one thing that everyone knows is the is the hang, hanging scene where he's, he's dangling from the wire. And, and that is still, to this day, maybe the most suspenseful and intense scene of the whole saga, if you will. Oh, that still gives uh, me vertigo when I watch it. But I definitely enjoyed it. Uh, when, of like, course, the, the franchise drop. has gone to, in a very different direction from, from what it used to be. Very much so. Uh, but when we get to Dead Reckoning, I think this the Dead Reckoning is very much akin, akin to this first movie. And I really enjoy the first movie. Yeah, the, the first movie is really like, um, I don't want to say basic because it's really good, but like more like pain by numbers, like, you know, uh, American agent that gets like, gets stuck with like disloyalty. People think that he did this horrible thing that happens in the beginning of the movie. We know that he didn't because he's like the hero of the movie. So he has to go on the run and has to go figure out who actually did it. And it, this movie is full of like twists and turns. It has uh, the amazing use of something that I think this is the only franchise that still uses this, which is like um, masks for bad guys and good guys. And it's one of the best <laughs> things ever put on a film. The masks never get old, even in the seventh They're movie. so fun. They're so fun. And, um, and it's crazy. We'll talk about it more when we get to the other movies, but like it kind of never gets old. They know exactly when to use that trick. They don't overuse it. And it all started here. Like this, this movie is great. Yes. Okay. Quick disclaimer to the viewers. I switched room. I switched rooms for connection issues. Uh, and now it's all looking good. So Mission Impossible. Similar to Luke, I did a watch of all of them. 
uh, like kind of recently because of Dead Reckoning coming out. So I decided why not rewatch all of them. And I think even though it's not one of Brian De Palma's better movies, I think it's still fun. Like compared to the Pierce Brosnan movies that were coming out at that time, I think this is a lot better. Uh, like the Pierce Brosnan Bond movies, this one holds up more. And I think this is also the only one where you where you actually see the IMF as an agency because everything onwards is like the IMF is three, four people. Um, and they're like and they get the disavowed every there. time. Yeah, and then Ethan goes on the run and he just like racks up the biggest criminal record of all time. I want to push back because Golden Eye came out in 95, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> like almost the same year. And it was a fantastic Bond movie. But we move on. Um, I w- One disclaimer, I watched this movie only once before my rewatch last month. Um... And I haven't watched, I, I hadn't watched before this rewatch I did last month, the second and the third one. I watched the second and the third one for the first time last month. So let's get started and talk about the shittiest Mission Impossible movie of all time. Maybe one of the shittiest action movies of all time. <laughs> Mission Impossible <laughs> 2. I don't disagree. Uh, directed impeccably by... John Woo. And ironically, still written by Bruce Geller. No idea how that happened. And it stars, of oh, course, yeah. Tom Cruise, Dogray Scott, and, and Tendry Newton. And, oh my God, this movie took about five years of my life. Like, it took me four days to fucking finish it. I, I hated every second of it. I don't disagree with you, and and no amount of Twitter revisionism will convince me that this is not an awful movie. And they only post like the same clip of him on the bike shooting the the gun, like like yeah. But the, the rest Twitter of the movie is the most boring thing you've ever seen. Exactly, and but I will thank this movie for uh, for because Dougray Scott actually turned down Wolverine to do this movie, so who, who oh, knows how God. that would have gone. <laughs> So there's there's one silver lining to this movie because like oh. in the first movie you have john voight who although i do think like you could have revealed that he was alive a little later i think it's a good twist and he serves as a good villain and he's like giving it his all and he's enjoyable in it this one the villain is here with like his scottish accent and it's so annoying bro like i this don't know how they got away with it is 2000 like uh things ever like Every second of this movie is like offensively 2000s. And being <laughs> alive, some then, of it works, but I don't miss it. And I don't know anyone who actually misses it. Like, this movie starts with like the shittiest, like, rock climbing montage. And it this montage ends with Tom Cruise throwing his glasses to the camera, and the glasses explode, and it's ridiculous, and I hate it. But you know what? That does come back in Fallout. And when I watched Fallout for the first time, I was very happy about that, that the rock climbing came back, at least somehow. Yeah, but it looked good. Wait, also, was it the plane? Was he on a plane right before? And then, like, he crashes, and then he's just seen, like, rock climbing? No, I think he was... No, he's just rock climbing. Or, uh, no, after he gets... 
There's something about a helicopter. I don't. The helicopter gives him the glasses like or something. And I don't remember anything about it. Yeah, you got Tandy Newton here, who's an incredible actress. I mean, in my opinion, she gave one of the best TV performances that I've ever seen, and she's just wasting. Oh, it. great! So my power just went out. So that's fun. Uh, Why is this happening? This is Luke is the only person we could do it this with and not get blacklisted from the world of podcasting. So luckily I'm using my 4G so we can go on. How much battery do you have left? 54%. Let's okay. Do <laughs> Let's do this. Okay, so um so yeah, this movie sucks absolute ass. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Uh I will say that the Anthony Hopkins movie... was in it and it still sucks. Mm-hmm. But he has one of the best lines in the whole franchise. This is not this is not Mission Difficult. This is Mission Impossible. Mission Difficult oh should be God. a walk in the park. Wait, are you serious? Are you serious? Yeah, are you he kidding? says that. This is, this is this is not Mission Difficult. Oh my God. This is Mission Impossible. You're serious. I'm serious. It's like the my best God. moment of the movie. This legendary actor shows oh, up man. for one scene and then he's gone. They should bring oh, him man. back for uh, the next nice. movie. So like, we should, we should. Um, I would say that the scene that made me like almost give up on this movie was that terrible scene that they're, that Tandy Newton is like chasing him or he's chasing her. And like yeah. just the slow-mo of them like looking at each other and a romantic song starts playing for some reason. And I was just like, oh, for the love of God, I just hope, I hope the truck would come in and just throw both of them off that fucking cliff. That's That's how much I hated it. This was okay, also, score. I think this was John Woo's next movie after Face Off, which Face Off is a fire action movie. And then you get this. It's like, come on. Yeah. So ratings for this movie, I'll start two out of 10. I think my, my, I have a three out of 10. We didn't mention the, the first one. I have it at the eight, of, eight out of 10. I'm also eight out of 10 for the first one. Yeah. So I'm eight for the first one. I'm eight out of 10. This one, I'm 4 out of 10. Wow, what a big dip, huh? <laughs> Good balance. <laughs> okay. At least it only lasts in one movie, right? Oh, yeah. Thank yeah. God. I think, oh, yeah. Actually, this might be the reason why it got so good. Um, so you know, all, all the great franchises that have like four plus movies have the one that people unanimously agree that is bad. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking so, about this with Crystal Skull. I like Crystal Skull. Dial like Destiny Crystal is like Skull too, a good you. bit worse. <laughs> I also like Crystal Skull. Okay, so um, uh, let's move on from that shit show and talk about an actually good movie. Mission Impossible took a six-year break, and then J.J. Abrams came to fuck shit up, and fuck shit up he did, because this movie is so freaking good. So in this movie... Ethan Hunt is actually engaged and he's kind of trying to leave the super bond (laughs) life behind and he has to do one last mission. Spoiler alert. It's not his last mission. (laughs) And uh, for for some reason, um, what's his name from Breaking Bad? Jesse Pinkman, uh, Aaron Paul. Jesse Pinkman oh, yeah, played. wait, Aaron Paul was there. 
<laughs> because I didn't realize this until we watched it. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, wait. That was wild. When I okay, so this movie. movie gets the franchise back into form. It's a great movie. Great action. It gets you going right away with uh, that uh, amazing action scene with uh, Carrie Russell. And yeah, J.J. Abrams is it's such he's such a great director. And I think um, have you seen Super 8? Yeah, yeah, that's a great movie. I love Super 8. I disagree, but another day. (laughs) Oh, that's why you were saying because he's not a great. I thought you were saying he did the Rise of Skywalker. Come on, guys. Can't can't I blame. I blame Disney more for that. But he's going to make a Hot Wheels movie, yeah. so I will forgive him if that is good. I do think J.J. Abrams' style, like, it's very close-up heavy. But um, but I kind of enjoy it. I enjoy that he exaggerates with the lens flares. I think he's a really good director. Uh, and I really like this one. I, I rewatched it, and I just think it's great. It hits the ground running. It's fun. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman was great. Michelle Monaghan. Uh, Jonathan Reese Myers and Maggie Q are kind of the like the filler characters, in my opinion. Uh, but they're they're I also didn't fine. Remember that Maggie was in it until you just said that, <laughs> and I watched it two weeks ago. Yeah, so you have the whole like break in scene where he has to mask up as Philip Seymour Hoffman, which I think is really good. Um, oh, that scene and, is fantastic. Yeah, some some great uh, yeah, and then visual effects. Also, I think Tom put the mask Cruise. On. Yeah, I think Tom Cruise. Watching all of these movies together, I think he has like an ego thing with with pretty women like do you guys remember when he rescues carrie russell and she goes ethan thank you right before she dies like i think he has a thing where he's like he's trying to get these really intimate moments with women like looking at him this way because he's producing the movies also maybe i'm looking too into it but having rewatched them all now it's really no, I, funny I think you're look looking into them an appropriate amount yeah i think this is also this was also a criticism of the franchise for a long time that every movie he would bring this new like attractive woman and she would never come back she would either die or she would just leave um like and that happened until i guess until Michelle kind of but like i don't think that counts uh rebecca ferguson until, yeah rebecca ferguson rebecca is like the first ferguson, one i'd say it was the first one that was like main and then they did it again but we'll, we'll talk about that soon uh oh, oh. so it's too early on in the uh uh, so grades for this this great great movie. Uh, why don't you start, Luke? Yeah, I really enjoy this one. It's it's very different to the rest of them. It's not as big in action, if you will. It's much more like in in one room, or he he's like Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall, which is very random. Like I don't know if you guys remember. Oh, that. I remember that. Where he's he infiltrating climbs up and the he goes, Vatican. Humpty sat on a wall. I was like, "What?" Yeah, this is very out of. I out thought of that, that was field, so funny but... for some reason. But it does like, have. Who, who's gonna hear what I think it's maybe the best Ethan Hunt run that we've seen in any of these, where he has that that oh, long yeah. take along the the canal or whatever. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm giving this one also a, an eight out of ten. It's a slightly above the first one in my ranking. Me too. I'll give it an eight point like twenty five, just to be slightly better than the first one, I guess. Go. I'll give it an eight. I think it's better than the first movie. I think there's some great action, including the running you just mentioned, um, including uh, like the heist scenes, 
and um and the the like missile going at the plane i think that's honestly my favorite scene uh it's like the the bridge action scene which i just love and then of course um i just think he's really entertaining like yeah julia's a bit of a damsel in distress but i also think michelle monaghan did really good in the role so i i really enjoyed like, yeah i her. love michelle monaghan in like anything so she's I wonderful in true detective so so yeah um, i'd give i say eight out of ten. Perfect. So now let's talk about actually the first Mission Impossible movie I ever watched. Uh, I watched it in the movie theater. Uh, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol from 2011. It stars, of course, Tom Cruise. This time Jeremy Renner, Simon Pegg comes back. Paula Patton is the current woman for this one. Uh, but it also stars uh, Leah Seidel as another woman that never comes back. Uh, so uh, this movie is actually, I really like the the beginning of this movie because um, basically Tom Cruise kind of breaks into the Kremlin. Even before that, there's the there's a prison scene. Oh yeah yeah where... yeah 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 yeah. The the prison there's a prison there's, escape scene. That's and there's fantastic. Josh Holloway versus Leah Seydoux. Exactly. Uh, that scene is also fantastic. But the story of this movie is basically the IMF is, is shut down for the first time in the uh, in the franchise because of the aforementioned bombing of the Kremlin, which causes like Ethan Hunt and all his new team, which again now includes Jeremy Renner, Simon Pegg, all that, to go rogue, weirdly enough, because this is not a rogue nation. And um, he goes rogue in every movie. We just... That's fair. He goes rogue in every movie. Just like they, they have to like clear the IMF's name, uh, right? It's and the, and also, yeah, and also uh, his fiance from the last movie is allegedly dead now. So do with that what you will. So I'll start again. Like, um, like I said, this is the first Mission Impossible movie I ever watched, and. It's by, by far one of the best ones. Like um, this, like the uh, like this movie made me fall, fall in love with the franchise like right away, and um, this has I think the best scene in the franchise, which was that Vertigo scene that we were talking about, where um, he goes down the Burj Khalifa in um, in Dubai, and still even watching it on my laptop, that's still freaked me out when I was watching it and in the movie theater it was like insane so so yeah I I love this movie so that much yeah this is also the first one that I watched I mean I saw it on a plane because I was like nine when it came out but I saw it on a plane a couple months after it came out um and this is right after I like really gotten into action blockbusters with the first Avengers being in theaters and um I just remember like from that first scene of Josh Holloway running out on the on the roof and then like falling on a cushion or whatever. I was like, oh, this is cool. And um, this was what introduced me to the franchise. And I just think it's so wonderful. It has this really great energy to it. Brad Bird, I think, managed to make a really good transition to live action after he did Incredibles and Ratatouille, which is something that you could argue Andrew Stanton like started off a lot rockier with after he did Finding Nemo, Wally, and then John Carter, which is terrible. But then he had to redeem himself with Stranger Things, of course. 
But back to Mission Impossible 4. Uh, you're right, Paula Patton is kind of the token woman in this one, but I do think she is great. She's really entertaining. Uh, I loved Leia Seydoux. Yeah, she she kicks Leia Seydoux out of a window. It's very yeah, that's yeah. one of the best scenes in the in the movie. I, I yeah, so when I rewatched that this week, so when I rewatched that this week and she kicked her off uh, the balcony, I like replayed that like when she kicked her out the window. Like I replayed just that moment of her doing the kick because <laughs> this is so good. So, so good. I think that was the scene that made me think when I was doing the rewatch because I haven't I hadn't watched all the movies in so long uh, when I did this rewatch last month. It made me think that she was going to stay because she was so good in this movie and especially in that scene. I was like, oh, maybe she sticks around for another movie. I like I, I had no memory of Rogue Nation, apparently. Uh, but um but yeah, I think she deserved another go. And who knows? Maybe he'll bring he'll bring her back eventually because she's not dead, is she? I don't remember now. Oh, I don't know. No, I don't she's, think so. It's part no, of I don't think team. she's dead. Yeah, mission accomplished. Dead. No, no, none of the none of the main team dies. Like Tom Wilkinson, who's like the director of the, the Mr. Secretary, he gets blown up, but nobody else oh, from the heroes. We have we have lied. <laughs> He got his power back, you guys. Man, I really enjoy this one. I think this is maybe the most important uh, film in the franchise because it it that this is the one where it realized like okay, this franchise is gonna be with this this fun team, uh, this big these big action sequences and sa- saving the world and whatnot. And another decision that I think uh, benefited the franchise greatly was adding more comedy to it especially with ethan hunt like even right from the the prison break he's doing like the, the gestures to benji like come on open open the door so and uh and, the, and like on the on the burj khalifa where he's just like <laughs> i don't know. i remember the line but jeremy renner says something to him and like he's like no shit so uh very oh yeah enjoyable. i guess it's like that's a really it's a really high jump or that's a really long yeah break exactly when he has to jump back into the building <laughs> yeah yeah, and, this and he is does like the, the rope. Yeah, it's so good. I think also from this one on, they realized how important it is to have Simon Pegg around as Benji. Because like you said, he gives so much comedy, so much charisma. I mean, Simon Pegg, everyone already loved him at this point for the Cornetto trilogy. And he was just like a very iconic British comedy guy. And so I love that he is one of the key players to come back in every one of the movies. Um, because I, I mean, he's Simon Pegg. Like he's never done. Like he's even Simon if he's Pegg? in a bad movie, he's Simon Pegg. Have you, Have you seen the interview where he tells Paul McClemente what to say? In the Have you not seen it? I think I just saw that, but I don't really remember. It's it so well. I'll I'll send you the link. It's it's very funny. Please do. So I want to highlight another scene of this movie that, like, also what is one of the things that made me fall in love with this franchise. The running scene in this movie is so good, because like. Is Tom Cruise trying to outrun a desert storm? <laughs> and he doesn't make it, but he he was pretty close, I guess. And it intertwines with like a car chase between him and the villain. And that whole scene is like incredible. Um the ending of the I think the car chase is, in the desert really is brilliant. keeps you on your seat. It keeps you like in the edge of your seat until like the last moment that they have to stop the bomb from going somewhere i guess it's gonna hit san francisco it's a nuke but it's a nuke that's gonna hit san francisco and 
and and the, like, maybe the best line in the movie is when he says mission accomplished and he hits the button oh yeah it's mission so good and the accomplished. Guy's like, the guy's and I love that the, like, the guy's dying and the last thing he sees is Ethan Hunt like, fucking with him. Yeah, that um, was Michael Nyquist uh, as Hendrix. And he also played the villain in the first John Wick movie. Uh, he passed away a couple years ago, but he was... I just wish that they had shown him before the, the last 40 minutes. Yeah. Okay, so grades for Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. I go, I'll go last because I think you guys are going to think I'm going to go too high maybe. For this one, uh, I'm sitting at a, at a solid nine out of ten. So th this is the one that that jumps it for me. Like I've seen four, five, six that trilogy like so many times, but I haven't gone back to the first three films as much. So this is the one yeah. where it steps it Same up for here. me. Yeah, for sure. Ditto everything Luke just said and nine out of ten. Okay, so for me, this movie is a nine point seven five out of ten. Oh, we're doing the decimals. I'm not doing the deck. decimals. Yes, I'm going. I'm bringing the decimals. I, I started doing that last episode when we talked about Indiana Jones, just to make. No, you you started do, doing that a while ago, like six point two five out of ten. Like you've always been doing. <laughs> okay, whatever. So okay, nine and a half. Nine, <laughs> nine and a half out of ten. Uh, it's almost the perfect action movie for me. Uh, it's the action movie that made me fall in love with action movies. I think uh, when I was like I don't know twelve, eleven. I don't. I have no idea. Um, and, um, yeah, I freaking love this movie. So then, uh, four years later, uh, we had another change of, uh, of directors for the Mission Impossible franchise. One that proved to be very beneficiary for the future of exactly and this one is kind of here to stay he's directed the last three movies and it's gonna direct the next one it's my main man christopher mcquarrie he also wrote uh this movie together with bruce geller and uh drew pierce and uh this movie has a uh, cia chief hunley which is uh he's played by alec baldwin He's trying to convince convince the Senate to disband the IMF. That's kind of always the, the story, I guess. And um, Ethan Hunt basically go again goes in like a rogue mission to to defeat a rogue organization. I guess that's why it's called Rogue Nation, which is described in the movies as the anti IMF, and they have to destroy the anti IMF. So, Luke, tell us what you think about this one. Yeah, I think that for me, just just to reveal, it's it's right up there with Ghost Protocol for me. I do prefer it a little bit, but it it did get a lot of things right uh, right off the bat. The opening, it's like like nothing you've ever seen in this franchise. Like he's hanging on a plane, like that's the first so thing you see. It's like the it's like the craziest thing in the movie, <laughs> and we just never reach that height again. But it's still quite epic, and. Uh, and of course, Rebecca Ferguson, which is one of the best things that happened to the franchise in general. Uh, she's mm -hmm. she's very much uh, right up there with with Ethan Hunt in this movie. Uh, but she has great action sequences. Uh, my personal favorite being in the opera, and we'll get to that. But uh, yeah, I, I, for me, it just what keeps it like from that five star is the finale isn't quite as. It doesn't quite live live up to the rest of the film for me, but 
that's where fallout comes in and uh, we'll get to that yeah um i think that like uh, you mentioned rebecca ferguson she plays uh ilsa faust in this uh in this movie and the next two and uh yeah she's fantastic she's right there with Ethan Hunt. she's like uh her action scenes are really really good but she also has like um like a really cool also rogue uh agent type of uh, character arc in these movies that i really enjoy and uh yeah we'll talk more about her in, in fallout because i think that's where she really gets to shine uh but she's great in this one uh as well and i agree i agree with you uh partly because i i do prefer ghost protocol but like um in general this movie hits a lot of the right notes for me and um yeah it's a fantastic action and you're right f don't one of the big problems that with that amazing first scene is that it never reaches that level again in the in the whole movie so that's definitely like an issue with you if you're doing the rewatch i actually don't prefer ghost protocol i actually prefer this one um yeah i, I think, think this that's one's the more normal opinion <laughs> really i thought most people prefer ghost protocol um but i, I just love 50, this 50. one this is the first one that i saw in theaters i was in uh, London vacationing with my grandmas and uh, and it was playing in IMAX so we went to the BFI IMAX which is the, one of the biggest IMAX screens in the world it was a packed theater on the day it came out um, and it was tons of fun I think this one's even funnier than the the previous ones uh, and you also got Rebecca Ferguson who meshes perfectly with the team uh, Luther's not a cameo he's I mean he's always great but we'll talk more about him he's got his hat and he's one. sitting down that's what he does ever since this movie yeah. he just he just wears um, hats. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and i just think you know i think ghost protocol has some moments where like relative to this one i don't think ghost protocol is like slow but relative to this one i think rogue nation just wastes no time and everything's moving i think the colors are also beautiful like it's drenched in like this sun yellow and I think every action scene here does reach those heights of the plane because you have this, the opera, which I think is brilliant. It's a beautiful scene. And the, the diving scene, the motorcycles. And yeah, in both four and five, the climax is sort of like dive a bit, but it's still enjoyable. It's still, it's still nice. And I also think they did a much better job with the villain. Solomon Lane, I think, is pretty solid and um sean harris yeah, I Sol- Sol- solomon mid Sol- solid solomon solid i don't know solomon lane <laughs> like because he's that. not yeah. only in the last 40 minutes of the movie also um but yeah and, and then you like, also have kind of like this shadowy figure throughout the, the like in the beginning of the movie um like you know who he is like from, almost from the beginning but but yeah like um I really like the whole the dynamic that he has with uh, Rebecca Ferguson, and you never know if she's actually like working from him for him, or if she's trying to betray him for uh, for MI six. Uh, so so yeah, I, like this this movie is pretty great too. God, I love this. I movie. was about to say actually um, <laughs> that like uh, Ilsa's whole like alliances thing and the fact that she has so much agency. Uh, I think helps break like the the hot woman formula of the last movies where she's just like, okay, I'm typing things. I'm helping with the mission. Like as great as Paula Patton is, I just think Elsa Faust is 
one of the best characters of the whole franchise, not up for debate, like top three. Yeah, I agree. I'm I, I would agree she's my second the... favorite of the franchise right after. Yeah, I would say it's him, her, yeah. and Benji. I, I got agree. a shout out. I don't know how we haven't done that yet, but like a uh, shout out, like maybe we did and I kind of missed it. Uh, Ving Rams uh, as uh, Luther. He's so good. And I'm so glad he keeps coming back. Like almost every movie. I think he wasn't in the no, second he's, he's in all one, right? He's in all of them. He's in all, all of them, them, but he has only a cameo in four. He's, he's in at the four, end. So that he's not in. What's okay. Paul called? It's a cameo in the table at the end where he's like, oh, me and Julia were actually in hiding this whole time. We weren't dead. Yeah, I got I I got really happy when when I saw him in a, in the end of four because I, I again I, my memory is so shit that I didn't remember that he came back in the other ones, um, but yeah, like um, yeah, I just wanted to sh- to to shout him out, uh, and yeah, this uh, also Tom Hollander is the prime minister of the UK in this movie. Yeah, I, I was gonna Shout say to, that. I was gonna the Charles of like, Pirates uh, of the Caribbean alumni, Tom Hollander. The, like and then the he plays three other movie. world leaders in Kingsman. <laughs> like the the ending of this movie, I think is pretty cool. Like uh, I always love, like I said this before, how they their uses their use of masks, because they always kind of catch you by surprise. You always kind of forget that masks are in this movie, and like until they are. Yeah. And uh, and it's and it's so perfect uh, the way that they use it in the end of this one, um, to sort of convince uh, Alec Baldwin that like that the rogue nation exists and um, yeah I like yeah freaking great movie uh, I guess I'll serve the ratings nine out of ten for me. Yeah, I just want to mention a moment where Gauls did say that it is it gets funnier and it definitely does. Uh, my favorite being when when after Tom Cruise almost drowned, Benji's like, "You you you almost died." He's like, "What are you talking about?" And they just get in the car, and drive off. Oh, it's, it's the funniest thing about that scene is that he's like, it's, he's basically like, "I'm fine," and then the music, the Mission Impossible. <laughs> Uh, theme starts playing he jumps off the car and then he falls down and then the music the theme music stops and i like barely laughed at that shit like i'm pretty I sure that's the first scene in the trailer is them going whoa whoa, whoa. Mm. a minute ago you were dead and then i think that's how the trailer of the movie starts also when jeremy renner at the end um when uh alec baldwin has to be like Oh, uh, disavowing the IMF was just a ruse to expose the syndicate, and uh, and they're like, "What say you, Mister Brandt? I can neither confirm nor deny any <laughs> whatever. Like, I yeah. I cannot hear that without remembering my whole audience laughing during that because that was a very full circle ending. So yeah, nine out of ten for me too. Can rewatch it any day. Okay, I've so seen it three times. Nine nines all around. Now let's Ooh. talk about what's considered the best Mission Impossible movie of all time, but by a lot of fans. Uh, why is it not working? Come on. Come on. Are you guys seeing the, the correct uh, thing in the bottom? Or are you still... It says Total Recall. Yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah, why it's, it's Total Recall. It's but... Okay, there it's we go. Uh, perfect. So, uh, wait. Mission Impossible Fallout came out in 2018. Again, directed by Christopher McQuarrie, co-written by him. 
Uh, oh, I think this one is actually solely written by him. That's great. Yeah, uh, he you're right. He also produced it, uh, of course, with uh, with Tom Cruise. Um, and this one stars Tom Cruise. A lot of people's second or third favorite Mission Impossible characters of all time. Mr. Henry Cavill as August Walker. Of course, being Rams, Simon Pegg. Again, Re- Rebecca Ferguson as Is- Isla Faust. And um, Sean Harris is back as Solomon Lane in this one. They introduced Angela Bassett as the CIA head. They introduced Vanessa Kirby as uh, the White Widow. Um, Michelle daughter, Monaghan. Daughter of Max from the first movie, of course. Yes. Yeah, she's the daughter of Vanessa Redgrave's character. Um, her, her brother, played by uh, Zola, uh, played by Frederick Schmidt. Yeah, this movie is, like, stacked. And uh, also, of course, um, Alec Baldwin comes back. And uh, Wolf Blitzer has an incredible cameo in the beginning of the movie that uh, I guess we can uh, we can start there. Um, basically, this movie kind of takes place like incredibly close to the last one. And the story of this movie is in, uh, it's pivotal that you watch the last one. It's not like a lot of the Mission Impossible movies that you can kind of just jump in. Because again, like I said, the villain is back in some way in this movie. And uh, also... The whole plot hinges on someone kind of continuing what he started in the in the movie before. Uh, we'll probably get to who that someone is pretty soon, but um, but yeah, like I said, this movie introduces Henry Cavill, and uh, this movie is again, at least for me, like like Ghost Protocol, one of the best action movies of all time. Like um, since the first time that I watched it. All the surprises, like, again, they're usually pretty good. They were great here, like a whole other level, uh, like the twists and turns. And, yeah, I must agree. Henry Cavill is, uh, is great in this movie. He's actually my third favorite Mission Impossible character, right after Rebecca Ferguson. I want to actually say, on that subject, Henry, when I rewatched it the day before I saw Dead Reckoning, Henry Cavill has his... When you know the twist, his acting is just brilliant. Because there's this scene where he's um, where he's talking to Angela Bassett, and he's trying to convince her that Ethan Hunt is John Lark. John Lark is the head of the Apostles, yeah. who are trying to destroy the World Order, and he's trying to say how many times has Ethan's government disavowed him. Uh, the New World Order needs to be brought down, etc. And like he's saying it as if to convince her this is what Ethan's thinking, but it's actually what he's thinking. And you see the rage come out when he's trying to do this, even though it's tactical this whole speech. And I think um, Cavill's acting in that scene is brilliant. Or when he finally turns, like when uh, when Sean, when he takes off the mask, Benji finally gets to use a mask in this movie when um, when he was... Yeah, that's a running gag in the other one. And then, Cavill, and then Cavill lets down his guard. He's like done being like the good CIA guy and he's finally like showing his bad side. Just that turn, I think his acting was so good. And he's such a good bad guy. Like, after the turn, he's such a fucking asshole. And I love every single second of it. Yeah, right right from the beginning, when they meet, like, they instantly just hate each other. Like, and that just continues for the whole movie. Like, even like that scene where they're about to do the halo jump, like, they're just, oh, it, it's, it's amazing to watch. And of course, you have, you have the chase which is probably the best chase in any of these movies. Um, 
and then Henry Cavill. Yeah, he he's my personal favorite villain out of all the the movies. He's just yeah, he's yeah, this, this muscular opposite force to Ethan Hunt, like it, unstoppable object meets it, it, unstoppable force meets immovable object kind of situation. So yeah, uh, yeah it's just a, the perfect villain for this sixth installment. So they they keep it fresh with the villains every time. It's something else and in dead reckoning it's very much something else yeah i think that like cavo in this one he's also so funny it, like it, he he really brings it up to like tom cruise's level in in a way that none of the other villains do i feel like he's actually the only one the only villain that sits in uh the same table as tom cruise when it comes to like just the acting in the same movie and like the intensity mm-hmm. and like the screen presence. My, I mean, that scene that's been gift to hell of him going like this, like in the bathroom, you know, like with everyone knows he charged that. his arms. Like that, that meme single handedly sold this movie to so many people. And it's like one of like, it's so good when it happens, like knowing that it's a meme now, like, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, He's just having a, a really good time when he's being an asshole and you just love to see it. And I also like his dynamic with both Hunt, uh, Rebecca Ferguson and the rest of the team. I think Cavill really brings his uh, his A game here. And I'll dare to say that this is his best role ever, even though I love Oh, him. absolutely. Oh, for sure. For sure. He just needs to be in more movies. Simple as that. This yeah. is a movie that ruined just his career as Superman. Yeah. No. <laughs> Yeah, there was yeah, more yeah. to that, but yeah, it yeah, was worth it. It was it's that, it's a glorious piece of facial hair. Well, also, do you guys Every remember? Time I see his mustache, I'm like, oh, that's the mustache. When you guys first saw this movie in the opening scene. Did you think that like, because I sort of thought that it was opening because the visual style of the movie is also a lot darker. The music is heavier. Lauren Balfe does a brilliant job. It's a lot more dry, and you feel like it's like grittier, and something terrible could happen. So during the Wolf Blitzer scene. I thought like, oh, maybe the bombs had happened for real. I was and sure that it happened. This is like consequences of them failing. Like that's e- even how at the end where start. where where it counts down to like zero seconds and it's just white. I'm like, oh no, yeah, that, I that actually happened. Yeah, I thought they all died. Like you guys, I'm glad you guys are with me too because this movie just does an amazing job of setting the danger, and it also keeps reminding you of what the apostles want and how they're going to do it, which I think it, they do it a lot better. Like the objective and the threat in the last movies. Um, yeah. part of what makes this movie so amazing. No, no I, I'm glad you mentioned the opening because it is incredible. That whole, it, it's like a, it's like a regular spy scene. You're, you're tricking the guy you want to get information out of. And then the big reveal, the, the walls fall down and ben, Benji comes through with, with Benji, the mask. The mask and then, and then the, the credits thing. roll. You know, like, I love when a movie. Yeah. Each time the credits get longer. Before the movie, yeah. and I love that they keep doing that, just like making it longer. Before and, there, the... and there's a phrase and that so Twitter good. has been using with this movie, and I, I do enjoy a, a, a phrase that every now and then that that people come up with that this this movie has the juice. Like uh, that that that's there's no better way of saying it. Yeah, this movie it's has just a like, collect vibe. As a, it's just there's no dull moment in Fallout, like whether it's you know the great helicopter stuff which i think is beautifully shot because i rewatched it on amazon so they changed it to like 
I don't I don't think I saw it in theaters in IMAX, but they changed it to like the IMAX aspect ratio during the it's helicopter. It's so good when he's and running and it. you see the the aspect ratio change like almost live yeah. as he's running into that action scene. It's so good. Even again, even watching it in my laptop screen, I noticed it when it happened, and it was like incredible. And um, and yeah, this is just one of those things that like he takes the craft of like the visual storytelling to such a high level especially Cruz and Christopher McQuarrie they're like you really feel it like you feel the way but it's what's it's even like the small like stylistic details that I love in this movie like the song in the the club that he and Henry Cavill skydive in or um the sound effects that Rebecca Ferguson's motorcycle makes in I think Paris I don't remember anymore it is Paris uh, what city? yeah Paris. yeah like like the sound design of that scene, like bro. Yeah, Rebecca. Speaking of Rebecca Ferguson, is fantastic in this movie. I think this is his. This is her at her best, in uh, in this franchise, which is not like not a bad thing because she's great in all the other ones too. I just think she's like, especially at her best here, she has more to do and all that. And um, I love that in this movie, she's kind of the one that's. Uh, disavowed because theoretically the whole movie Tom Cruise, uh, Ethan Hunt is also just working for the government the whole movie and she's the one that got disavowed because of the um, what happened in the last movie and yeah like I just love her character arc how she kind of falls back into this kind of rogue agent mode um, and her action scenes in the are final like, battle they're all kind of incredible. rogue because Sloan wants to bring them all in. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I know. But like, but until that point, she's the only one that's rogue. Like until, oh, yeah. uh, until like the scene in the tunnels. And, um, and yeah, like Alec, Alec Baldwin's death scene is also great. Like um, when Henry Cavill takes him out, like you're like, oh, fuck. And um, yeah, and Michelle McMonaghan shows up again, which was a very nice, like Bentley. just a whole surprise when I was watching. Yeah. Like, oh my and god! I felt for, uh, I felt this for, changes uh, Ethan. everything. Yeah, I felt for Ethan when she was like, "Oh, this is my husband," and I was like, "Oh, okay." Like you could see, like, um, like Ethan dying on the inside when she said that. But yeah, it's uh, realistic. What what was she gonna do? Like, uh, wait for the super spy that keeps dying every year. Or, or like, I think they did a good job bringing closure to that story. That she's yeah. like, yeah, I love you, but I'm happy here. And you're doing what you have to do. And I also think this movie really establishes the bond between him and Ilsa. Because th- to me, at least, Ilsa was always the other woman that he loved. Like, the Julia that he could actually be with because yeah. they're in the same world. Um, yeah, I agree. <laughs> Like the, the little like the way she like grabs his his face at the end when he's sitting in the bed, like there's there's tension there. Like he's almost he's I don't think he's twice her age, but he's like it's not they far. have the chemistry. He's, he's twice the age of every woman in this movie. Every single woman. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, agree. I think my favorite like, thing about about maybe the third act or or right before it's like I'm gonna uh, Ethan's like I'm gonna get that remote. It's like how the hell are you gonna get that remote? It's just like this impossible situation. That that's why it's called Mission Impossible. He he has these impossible tasks, and then you, we just love watching him accomplish. Yes, it. 
and Ving Rams goes, uh, same old uh, or, or is it Simon Pegg? Goes, I, I find it better not to ask. And he just keeps Yeah, that's like, Simon Pegg. No, he says that to Ilsa. I find it best not to look. I think Luther actually really stands out in this one. I think they handled him the best here. Um, I, I feel like here he was the most involved. He also has one of my favorite scenes, like my favorite dramatic scenes, is where he's talking to Ilsa about Ethan's past and like what Ethan has to do. Um, and I just love the moment after they win, after he gets the remote, and he just says, my man. <laughs> It's just like you feel like decades of friendship and trust of like that Ethan can really achieve the impossible. And he didn't even see it. He just knows because they survived. He just goes, yeah. my man. There's another great it's moment perfect. when the, when him and, and Julia are trying to defuse the bomb. So she's like, so how is he? And, you know, same old Ethan. And it cuts to him like, you know, flying same old Ethan. <laughs> yeah, it cuts to him like doing something. Yeah. I like, I, I also think that his scenes with Julia are always great, but like, especially like you guys said that the one that they have to like, they basically have to disarm a bomb together, which sounds insane for, uh, for Julia to do because she's just his normal girl. And, um, but yeah, they have like such emotional scenes because you can feel that they have this friendship that, uh, assuming, assumedly they built like between three and four. Yeah. Um, Cause Luther actually kind of trained her while they were in hiding in Ghost Protocol. So she knows yeah. a bit. Yeah. Okay, great. So let's do ratings for this one. I have a feeling that this is, might be the one with the highest ratings. Yeah. Luke, let's start for, with For you. me, greatest action movie of all time. Easy. Whoa. 10 out of 10. Wow. For me, man, it's difficult not to give this movie a 10 out of 10. It's also one of my favorite uh, action movies of all time. Fuck it. You guys convinced me. It was going to be a 9.5. <laughs> 10 out of 10. I'm the same as Alan. I was I was going into this episode ready to be like 9.5. But like, I, I can't. Yeah, I've I've seen it four times. Like, 10 out of 10, bro. 10 out of 10. Like, this I, is I objectively, must have seen it like seven times at least. This is objectively one of the best action movies of all time. And this is objectively the best Mission Impossible movie. I think like without any subjectivity of like favoritism and all that, like there is no doubt. Yeah. It's just, it's just, you know, it's very fire. That's all I will say. In the Super words of Travis fire. Scott, he was describing Tenet. It's very fire. That's something Tenet that actually is fire. Said while describing Tenet. It's very fire. Man. Okay. Are you guys ready to talk about a new one? Finally, after one Fine. hour, five years later. We're finally here. Uh, let's so, talk about Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, of course, came out uh, in uh, like two weeks ago or like a week ago. No, a week ago. When, we're recording, ago. when we were recording no, we this ago, a week ago. ago, it stars, of course, again, Tom Cruise. We have a new Mission Impossible woman of the movie. <laughs> With uh, Haley Adwell playing Grace, uh, Ving Rhames comes back, Simon Pegg, Rebecca Ferguson, Vanessa Kirby, and newcomers we have the new villain Si Morales, also one of his his main I guess uh, bodyguard played by Pon Clementiev. We have you also have Henry Sherney, Cher Wiggum. Get like rich. This, the go. This movie is back. Like, yeah, He's this movie is like packed. I'll start by saying that this movie did not disappoint. I watched it two days ago i think 
Uh, I unfortunately couldn't watch this one in IMAX. I hate leaving here because of that. In Brazil, I used to watch every single movie in IMAX. Uh, but still, like, it was a thrill ride. And um, this movie is long as hell, but it doesn't feel that long because every scene is just so amazing and so incredible. And yeah, I think this has one of the best action scenes in the entire franchise, actually, with the train scene. But we'll get to that in the spoiler section. So this has been my most anticipated movie of the year for three years in a row. I remember I made <laughs> yes! my, li- I made my list you. back in 2021. It was number one. It was my and number made, one in 2021. And I made my yes. list this, this year. And it's still number one. Like, okay, hopefully this is the year. And, the you know, we'll see if the part two comes out next year. It's a, a looking unlikely at the moment, but you know, we, we can hope. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm feeling more 25 for this one, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, this one absolutely did not disappoint. It was worth waiting every delay. Uh, it did not live up to Fallout, but... I don't think anything can, quite frankly. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I was very happy with what we got. Uh, like I mentioned, this does feel like it's emulating the first one a little bit, especially with the with the finale train sequence. It's like the first one on a lot of steroids, and uh, that airport scene especially reminded me of the first one, a very De Palma-esque suspense scene. And of course, the newcomers, Haley Atwell, uh, Plum, Palm Clemente. Uh, my, I showed my mom the trailer. She's like, "Oh, is, is that his wife?" And she has a good point. They, they are all these women in this franchise are are brunettes, and they and they look kind of similar. So uh, you can you can tell Tom Cruise may may have a type of some sort. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, it was absolutely electric. Uh, I didn't mind the the part one of it. I I did get enough finality from it. I know that's a problem some people have but uh in the year of part ones with fast x and across the spider-verse uh this this was a a good one i think also like something that came as a bit of a shock i had no idea uh i only watched one trailer for this one by the way this movie was never in my most anticipated list because i wasn't such a huge fan of the franchise before after this rewatch i'm so mad at myself that I wasn't more excited to see this movie because no, this like was... now the next one is definitely my most anticipated movie of whatever year it comes out. It's something that I've, I'm happy that they kept like under wraps that the villain of the movie is not really Esel uh, Morales is like an AI, which I don't know how the hell they predicted they predicted that one for 2023, and I think it's honestly one of the best uses of AI in a movie since like maybe terminator the way that they use it here it's like menacing even though like you can never... yeah it yeah. is quite possible it doesn't do anything super crazy either like it yeah. does things that that ai nowadays does it's kind just, of just like just in an advanced like... level yeah like, but also i love when it like it goes into like physical form kind of at the, at the club in uh, in venice and like um <laughs> That was just like scary that was, shit. That was that I was, was like, funny. I was like, "Fuck!" It looks like like the image on like a dubstep audio video. Yeah, yeah. It's like boom, boom, boom. But yeah, man, I I was also anticipating this movie so much. The days leading up to it, the weeks leading up to it, the months leading up to it, I was so hyped for this movie, and it just it was everything I wanted. It was uh, it was so satisfying. They were trying to go bigger and better each time and i think it works i mean it's it's just wow. uh the visuals this is not, I think was this one... the first trailer like 25 years ago 
this shot. Yeah, literally. Uh, I think this one leans a little more into like the fun and the humor than Dead Reckoning did. But I think the fact that it uses a similar visual style and the music, and uh, I, I just I loved everything about it. Uh, every action scene was exciting. Um, I didn't. I after watching Fallout four times, I don't mind that the plot is so complicated and it's, it's so hard to follow. All the they time. work it out. It's crazy, like because it is super complicated, but like they always manage to like pull it off by the end of the movie. Like it's crazy. Um, uh, wow. It's speaking of not speaking of, but you just put her 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 face in it. Do you guys mind if we go into some, some spoilers uh, from now? Do let's let's give it a score first. And then sure. go into some spoilers. Okay, so uh, Luke, let's start with you. It is sitting pretty at a, at a 9 out of 10, but like a high 9. And upon rewatch, I hope it can solidify that. Uh, it's an, it's the number 2 in my in my overall ranking. And my number we'll, 2 we'll of the year. We'll talk about the rankings. We'll talk about the rankings. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> talk about ranking? Okay. It's sitting at a 10 right now. I think really? it at least reaches, it reaches the heights of Fallout. I don't know. I don't think it tops it. Definitely not objectively, but just like, again, the anticipation and the experience of watching it. Uh, I think there's some minor story gripes here and there, but like pretty minor overall. I still, I, th- I thought everything about it was great. And I prefer this type of uh, like to be continued than a fast X to be oh, continued because yeah. it's, it's not oh, forced. It's like forced. they already have also for like two hours and 43 minutes. I didn't care, bro. Like, it, it was the fastest two hours of... Like, I, if you told me this is the same length as Dark Knight Rises, I'd be like, shut the hell up. That's some, it's also a great movie, just a lot slower. Okay, so I'm going to go actually in the middle of you guys, and I'm going to go nine and a half. Well, mine's a this high movie. nine, so you're going above, below me, even. Sounds like an energy drink, a high nine. <laughs> so I will say... Now that we're going into spoiler ter- territory, I'm going to explain why this movie doesn't get a 10 for me. It's because of Ilsa. That's the only thing wrong with this movie, in my opinion. Because <laughs> I had a fucking blast watching this movie, but I hated watching what the fuck they did to my second favorite character in this franchise. It was clear as day to see them like switching her out for Hayley Adwell right in front of our eyes. And Tom Cruise like producing it and just just switching them around, them out right in right. He's in front. not wrong. No, you're not wrong, bro. He right is. in front of us. It was like clear as day. Like you you could you could see him as a producer just like going like that. You can like, only have one brunette it. on the team. Only one brunette. Yeah. So that that for me, I, I thought that was like kind. They kind of did her dirty considering her history of this yeah. franchise. I I wouldn't mind both of them on the team. I thought that was like. I get that they wanted to kill someone off for the like effect of like you know the part one one of the heroes died and now they have to like get revenge in part two and all that shit but like yeah i was very much not happy with that i think it's justified if the next movie is the last one because it's not not. unless he's bullshitting that's the thing like if you're making a bunch more and now you just can't have elsa that sucks but I think, like, if this was the Infinity War, because that's what this is being teased as, like, the one before the finale. So that's why I felt like, okay, great. They're, they're like, they're actually bringing the death. I was actually convinced Luther was going to die in this movie. Like, for I thought for it so might have been Benji. I thought Luther was going to die. 
Yeah, I thought it was Benji too. Uh, I honestly thought it would be Benji, but like the only way that they can redeem this is something that only them could pull off, which is like a flashback in the next movie that she was someone else wearing a mask. That's the only way that they could redeem this. Jeremy Renner? Yeah, but that that, that would have been bad too, because then he would have (laughs) died as well. I don't know, and maybe it was like their plan all along. I don't, I don't know. You know what I mean? Because, like I said, she was like, like, he was in love with her. Let's be honest, he loved her, and that they only just had him be like, like he was like looking out at the sun. Exactly. And five minutes later, he was like hugging Haley Adwell, like she was the last woman on earth. Yeah, now she's his his girl. Five minutes later, man, like like literally, like like a day, not even a day passed. They were like already like almost like smooching and i was like come it's on like man. nick cannon with all these the ground yet i yeah, want so to give a mention to mention to to palm clementy who was incredible in this film like she, she very much a, a bond-esque sort of villain with uh, with just just popping up in places and, and trying to beat up the 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 main character and a man she's she just crazy and, and it works so perfectly and uh and we might it looks like we're going to be seeing her back so uh, yeah thank god very, very excited for that i was, I was very relieved to, think... to, when she had the pulse it's such a classic movie think... thing. oh she has a pulse okay you know what shea wiggum is really good in this movie. i love shea he's wiggum. actually great he, he turns he's up great. in a movie i'm like let's oh it's, it's him the guy from Skull like island just who, has like, such a dad up. energy to him i don't know i just feel I like he plays the most trying to get to catch tom cruise the whole movie even though he like knows he can't do it, but like it's kind of like you know like uh, when when the dog tries to follow like a moving car, like you know that dog is never gonna catch that car. But like yeah, he, the he's whole so movie happy is a bit like a like a cat and it. mouse game meets Mexican standoff. That's how oh, I but the mouse describe it. trying to go after the cat. That's yeah, what, that's what this one is. <laughs> but yeah, also like, yeah, he was great. Also, a Sai Morales. I, I think he's. He's like the second best villain, maybe. I, I thought like his voice is chilling. Um, I like 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 that he works for the entity. He's like he's like his human representative. Like yeah. he's like the en- he's on the entity's leash. He wants to leash up the entity. Like that's what he wants to do. But also, they didn't really explain. Like they he's definitely s- not gonna do that. No. <laughs> like they established that he's sadistic and that he wants like he wants to rule the world. But like, what does he want to do once he rules the world? Like get free ice cream all the time. I want to know exactly why he killed that woman in the beginning of the movie in like the 90s. Well, there was going to be an extended flashback sequence, but I guess they said, no, let's not do that. Maybe they're doing that for the next one because like, like it would be like one of the reviews, like I guess who that woman was or like uh, it's, it's also kind of crazy that like none of the Mission Impossible movies really touched on that for a while. That the reason that people go to be in the Mission Impossible movies is because they fucked up. And like, it was either prison for the rest of your life or becoming this uh, rogue Asian uh, type situation. Yeah, they I feel like really... Benji just like, pirated a movie or a video game. Like... <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, if you're, and, good, like, at, he really if you're just good at crime, you're probably watch, good at saving like, the world. So He really just wanted to watch like The Mummy, so he like pirated it online. Yeah, yeah, so like, I, I hope I get recruited for the IMF in that case. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Me too. 13 year old Alan was on Pirate Bay like the whole day, like downloading illegal movies. Um, 
Oh, they got him. <laughs> oh, no. It's the entity. Wait, what just happened? What happened? Okay. Oh, that was weird. The time oh, there was he is, good. There he is. Fuck me. I'm back. The entity got you. <laughs> the entity did get me. Actually, it was me being stupid and pressing something on my computer. Uh, but uh, I want a different villain kind of to come up in the next one to be kind of like behind the entity, like a real person. Like Nicole Kidman. Like didn't they establish maybe? that like Carrie Elves was like facilitating its creation and then the entity went rogue? Yes. And then he wanted to buy it so he could make America like a super nation, which yeah. I thought that was really menacing. And they established that right away with Henry Zerny's character in the conversation. And I thought that was just great. I thought it was great, like the twist in the train that they were both there, like both of the government agents, like from the beginning of the movie, like the CIA head and the IMF head. And like that they had this parallel like plots going on with the with the entity. It, that's not like spoiled like in the beginning of the movie. Like they kinda hint at something. Yeah, that's but like that came completely by surprise. Like uh on the train when they both appeared. Even like the whole thing, like like I I did not remember, like you guys said that like uh the white widow was like the daughter of that one dude. I completely forgot about that. Vanessa Redgrave. That one dude, Vanessa Redgrave. That one dude, Vanessa. So I completely forgot about that. So like, he goes that like that they know their they that he knew their parents and like like they vacation together and all that. So I thought that was like a cool way to like like type like sort of like made this word bigger by kind of like making it smaller. Yeah, like uh. Yeah, this this movie is pretty great, isn't it? And that had a very funny moment where Haley Atwell pretending to be Vanessa Kirby is like, the next time we see each other, I we, we pro- I probably won't remember this conversation, so you know, better better not bring it up. There's just little moments like that. Also, yeah, I love how the villain names go from like Kurt Hendricks, Solomon Lane, John War, John Lark, Gabriel. Yeah, Gabriel is such a bad villain name. And they're like, he's the worst person in the world, Gabriel. And I'm like, okay, I guess. Um, Okay, nothing to get to Gabriel. I don't know the validity of these rumors, but there are rumors that uh, Cavill's returning in uh, part two. I have not seen that anywhere. You you must have somehow, some way. You must have some crazy source. You got a hook through the forehead. I really hope not, honestly. It would ruin. It would ruin the last movie. It would. It would be terrible in my opinion. Listen, and he would have to come back as like Robocop because his whole body got burned. This is, this is what Fast and Furious thinks it is. He's not Han. No, but like I, I really do hope that there's another villain in the next one. Like I don't think Gabriel was strong enough. I like the entity, but again, I, I really do want it to be like someone behind it. Like a master plan that like somehow involves all the Mission Impossible movies and everything that maybe it was Emilio Estevez from the first movie. Oh, that'd be crazy! <laughs> no, it uh, was, uh, no, it's John. It's Aaron Paul. John I'm excited so for Hilly Well, I love her. I love her ending in this movie. They talk about like how how they got to to be in the IMF and like you get to this choice in your life that's kind of your only option. But it seems like she has another option, but then she, like, she kind of, like, 
can't go through with like stealing the money and then like after that she's like no fuck it i want to i want to help them so she becomes a part of the imf in the great scene that she that she goes i'm ready to comply uh i accept or something like that I um, I, she says i choose to accept i choose to accept there you go i choose to accept and i was like fuck yeah any other speculations for the next one before we move on anything that you guys want mm. to happen in part two we know he's going to climb a plane like an old-timey biplane and then like we'll see you at the movies or whatever uh so that's gonna oh, yeah, be yeah, spectacular yeah. uh is, is that the crazy thing that uh, that Macquarie and Cruz have been teasing for the next one? We'll see. Maybe there's something even crazier, but whatever it is, I, w- I will be there no matter what. He into a volcano, a live volcano, and he dies. Let's talk about our uh, ranking of the Mission Impossible movies. So let's start with uh, Gaud and Luke, then I'll go. Okay. So the very bottom is MI2. Uh, number six is the first one, and then five is um, Mission Impossible 3, and then number four is Ghost Protocol, Mission Impossible 4 at four, but it's still a great movie, you know. We, we already raved about it. Yeah, your mind's exactly the same as Gull's. There's a, there's a big gap between uh, seventh and sixth place being MI, MI2 and MI1, uh, but yeah, MI2, MI1, MI3, MI4 better every time okay so for me there's a slight change we have the same bottom three uh of course this the movie that should have never seen the light of day mi2 uh in last place then uh mi1 then mi3 but then for me is uh, mission impossible rogue nation that's my uh that's my fourth one third i'd say rogue nation and then second is this one dead reckoning part one once again i concur with gall uh Wow, you guys Ro- Rogue Nation and Dead Reckoning. We'll see if Dead Reckoning can keep that spot after a rewatch, but I, I think it will. I think it will. I wonder what our number one is. Uh, so for me, you, I don't know if this is going to be contentious, uh, but for me, number three right now is Dead Reckoning. That's uh, that's it's a number three, and my number two is Ghost Protocol. I love Ghost Protocol so freaking much. And I, I know that this is going to be like a little controversial, but like, that's definitely my second one. And sometimes, honestly, it even goes up to my first one because of all the nostalgia I have attached to it. Like, I think this might have been the first big action movie that I that I actually fell in love with. And that plays a huge role into it being sometimes my favorite, sometimes my, my second. But after this rewatch, I have to be more slightly more objective and put it in number two. And number one is Fallout. Okay, number great. Number one is Fallout. Number one for all of us is Fallout. We, we talked about it a lot. We don't need to mention it anymore. Yeah, so number one is Fallout for all of us, and uh, probably for most Mission Impossible fans. And we're going to rank top 10 favorite Tom Cruise movies. So yeah, let's get it started. Let's do 10 through 6, 10 through six then 5 through 2, and then 1. Luke, why don't you start us okay. off? You're our themed guest. Now, you may notice a lack of Mission Impossible movies because we are... <laughs> making a rule that we're only allowed one movie per franchise isn't that right alan i cheated but continue okay so at number 10 we have a movie that i think started my love for tom cruise uh that is edge of tomorrow so a very enjoyable picture there's plenty of funny moments in that 
Uh, number nine, we have another sci-fi movie, Minority Report, classic Spielberg early two thousand sci-fi. We got the we got the the bad two thousands action movie, but we also have the the interesting two thousands sci-fi movie. At number eight, we have Collateral, Tom Cruise in one of his only villain roles, really a great Cruise performance and Michael Mann picture. Uh, at seven, maybe. One of Cruz's most iconic performances, that is Tropic Thunder. Apparently, he's going to be reprising that role at some point. So I'm very excited to see that. And at number six, we are, we're expanding operations, Barry. We, were, we have American Made, a very comedic Cruz performance. Oh, so that shows that he interesting. can do it all. That's an interesting choice. Yeah, and I know a lot of people aren't too hot on it, but I am. I am a big. I've, I didn't enjoyer. love that one. Love it's it. good, but I haven't seen it in a while. I am a big enjoyer of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of the many Doug Lyman collabs. I'll go number ten, uh, War of the Words. I haven't seen my ten through eight in a long time, so yeah. But I, I, I remember enjoying these three movies in particular, so that's why they're so low, even though they might technically be better than some of the other ones I have in my list. So yeah, ten War of the Words. Uh, nine minority report by all the reasons that uh, Luke just uh, said, and number eight is actually risky business. Or well, I think this was one of the first Tom Cruise movies. This, this was like his mistake, breakout right? role. Like he, he was in a few before this, but this was like the big one. Yeah, and uh, like you know, great like high school romp type. Then number seven, uh, I have the original Top Gun from uh, 1986, and number six. This might be a controversial one because I haven't watched that many Tom Cruise movies, but whatever. It's uh, The Color of Money. The pool oh, that's a good one. Movie. It's still a good one. I love this movie. We did a sports episode in, uh, in Film Fanatics last year. Which is no, it was, for Tom, it was for the last Tom Cruise one. Right, it was for the last Tom we Cruise episode. Fantastic. And I love this yeah. movie so much. And, it, it may, and now it's my sixth favorite Tom Have Cruise. you seen the movie that it's a sequel to? I have not. Oh. I really want to. It's The Hustler. Okay. Number 10, Edge of Tomorrow as well. Uh, number 9, Collateral. Number 8, The Last Samurai. 7, Minority that. Report. And then 6, Top Gun Maverick. Whoa, that wow. is, that is low. What the fuck? You must, you must have okay, some bangers kind of in, the, in the top is, half. If through 2, well, <laughs> even if I don't say the first one it won't be hard to guess what it is uh yeah, at yeah. five i have a few good men you know, a very iconic you can't handle the truth uh scene there between Cruz and jack nicholson uh, at fourth show me the money jerry Maguire, one of Cruz's best performances and most iconic roles uh, at number three we have a movie that has been referenced so many times but i did not understand any reference until i saw it and that is rain man Starring him and Dustin Hoffman. Great picture. Best picture winner, I believe. I, th I think it was. Gull, you're the trivia man. Yeah, uh, you and should, best actor for Dustin you Hoffman. Know, this, know these things. Yeah. yeah, I feel weird. You guys aren't asking me any questions. Who's my Who's my 2.9? We can, we can figure something out. Uh, at number two, this was the, the tough deliberation, what I, what I had to do. Which one's going to be number one? But at number two, I have Top Gun Maverick, my favorite movie of last year. Uh, I still find insane the lengths they went to for a movie. He's like getting all these jets to fly around. And number one, well, we, we may have talked we'll, we'll about talk it about already. 
My number five is actually the same one as yours, uh, Few Good Men. Great freaking movie. Then we have a movie that was way too low on your list on my behalf, Edge of Tomorrow. I freaking love Edge of Tomorrow. It's one of my favorite sci-fi It's a great movies. one. Like him and Emily Blunt, fantastic. I only got to it like recently and jumped to like uh, top like like 10 or 15 sci-fi movies, at least for me. Then we have a movie that Gao talked about already. My number three is The Last Samurai. Ooh, uh, I love high. this movie. This movie it's, it's is great. also a movie that I only watched recently, and it jumped like a lot of other uh, cruise movies for me. It's a very dramatic movie. I rarely like the whole white savior story of it all, but like they do it like really well in this movie. And uh, again, it's just a fantastic uh, dramatic performance from uh, from Cruz, and he's still really funny throughout. He is and the Ken last Watanabe summer. got an Oscar nomination for that one. The action, the action scenes in this movie are like really fun and really good. And my number two is Mission Impossible Fallout. Oh, not number one. Okay. Um, yeah. So number five for me is the movie you just said, Mission Impossible Fallout. Uh, number four is Luke's number four, Jerry Maguire. I think it's a great mix of like comedy, drama, romance, and he is so good in it. Uh, I think it's like the movie that got me into his his dramatic acting. Number three is A Few Good Men. Um, also, Luke referenced it already. Uh, great film. He's really understated in it. He's He does such a good job, and Jack Nicholson is excellent too. I think that's just a movie with a terrific script. And then number two is actually uh, Eyes Wide Shut, directed by Stanley Kubrick. Um, it's I'm a movie that I really, really love. Uh, with, I didn't love it as much. I, I just I think it, it I think it's so dark. It's actually one of my favorite Kubrick movies. Um, I don't think many would say that, but I, I love it. Okay, so Luke, what's your number one? My number one Super is indeed, <laughs> you prefer a scalpel, I use a hammer. Mission Impossible Fallout is my favorite Tom Cruise picture. So my number one and number two in this list, they, they're they interchangeable. I actually gave them the exact same rating. Your number one Fallout, but my number one is Top Gun Maverick. Uh, like you said, it was one of my favorite movies last year. I don't think it was my favorite movie last year. I think it was my third or second favorite movie last year. Still, it was an incredible movie upon watching it again. Just made it better and uh for me 10 out of 10 like enjoyment factor like the ultimate dad movie and everyone that knows me knows like i'm a dad already inside so <laughs> uh yeah it's perfect perfect movie i feel weird now because i i took the list seriously like i went with a drama like i went like his best in no, my opinion i, I went through my favorites that's what we were yeah. supposed to well do. it is my favorite but i i also like i wouldn't rewatch it as much but my number one, I do think it's the best Tom Cruise movie and possibly his best performance, is Magnolia, uh, directed by PTA. I haven't seen um, that. I, you haven't, I haven't seen it. Seen it's, that one it's, uh, it's a bit over three hours, but it's, um, I can't, you can't even describe how, how Magnolia is because it's, it's not really like that many other movies. But Tom Cruise was nominated. It's a very big supporting cast. It's a very big like ensemble cast. And uh, it's just a movie about chaos and 
and uh, bad parental figures, and it's it's brilliant. And then I also have, uh, if we want to talk about honorable mentions, I put my 11 through 15 down here. Uh, I said, They're all Mission Impossible movies. <laughs> I said um, 11, The Firm, 12, Rain Man, 13, Tropic Thunder, 14, Born on the Fourth of July, and 15, The Color of Money. Yeah, let me just pull mine up. Uh, I have The Firm, The Color of Money, Top Gun, Eyes Wide Shut, and Days of Thunder. Those are mine. It's a racing movie from the 80s. Or was it 90s? No, 1990. I enjoyed it a lot. So yeah, I think The Firm is actually a really good one. Firm's I almost put it good. at my number 10. I haven't watched it. Maybe I'll put it's it It's quite uh, mysterious yeah. in its nature. I've heard a lot of good things about it. It's, yeah, it's... um. It's a really good one. Like, it's him. Gene Hackman was in it. Holly Hunter was nominated. The score is really good. It's a great, like, paranoid thriller with law and and crime and also, like, long but excellent. Okay, perfect. So let us know your favorite Tom, uh, Tom Cruise movies in the comments uh, down below uh, if you're watching this on YouTube. Thank you so much, uh, Luke, for, for joining us. We've been planning this episode for what feels like about three years, and we had a really hard time recording it tonight. So thumbs up, uh, please, for all our efforts. Yeah, well, Luke, where can people find you? People can find me at Luke Reviews uh, on Instagram and very rarely on YouTube, but sometimes. Uh, thank you guys for having me on. Hopefully, I'll be back one day. Uh, at least I, sure. I, I hope so. Oh, you will. You will. You will. You will. Yeah. For, for anything. Hopefully we have uh, for us to start our own show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Gal. When you were out, we planned out and we're taking over Film Fanatics from you. Alan and Luke, watch Barbie and Oppenheimer for 24 hours straight, the show. <laughs> yes. Yes, please. Yeah, so I'm at Film Toppings on Instagram and then also at YouTube with like the T capital, but it's one one word. And then I'm also active on Film Fanatics. Yes, and you can find us at, of course, at Film Fanatic Spot, as you can see right there. Uh, on Instagram, kind of on TikTok. I always complain about this in the, in, the, in the final moments of an episode, but I don't post there. But we're there if you want to follow us. Um, and, of course, subscribe to our channel. That's, like, the most important thing. We're really trying to uh, make this channel, like, a thing this year. Uh and uh, yeah, we would be very happy if you commented, left a like, and uh, subscribe to our channel. And that's it. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you so much for watching. Bye. Film fanatics. Film fanatics. From the silver screen to your earphones. With Alan Azulay and Gal Balaban. Audioversity. The voice of Reichman University.